An investigation by the Associated Press claims an abuse helpline used by lay leaders of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints was used to cover up a case of sexual abuse. This undercover sting started in July of last year. Detectives said they posed as underage children and prostitutes in order to catch these people. 51-year-old David Moss, former lieutenant for St. George Police and a bishop with the Mormon Church, and 29-year-old Richard Martin are both facing some serious felony charges right now. Authorities say these men are two of 40 people. That is not even drop the bucket. Hey, hey, welcome back, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the NY Patriots show again. And if this is your first time coming across the channel, hit that like and subscribe button. I'm sure if you chose to watch this episode or listen to it, you would definitely like the rest of the stuff that is on my channel, on my podcast, all the other topics that I cover, and the amazing guests that I have had on. Uh, today, I have joining me my amazing Canadian co-host, uh, Teresa, from Spiritual Gangsters podcast. I've heard <laughs> joining me. Um, what's up, Teresa? Thank you very much for jumping on and finishing this topic with me. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been a, a wild and fun investigation process. Oh, sure, it's very interesting, <laughs> very juicy. and uh in case people don't know who you are by now and i will say going forward you will know who she is because i'm going to be covering a lot more topics with her instead of guests not saying i won't have guests on but i'm going to be splitting it up more so you're going to see her and you're going to know who she is eventually if you keep watching this show so (laughs) Teresa, after i'm done with all that would you like to plug the podcast that you have and the show that you have yeah, so thank you because I have so much fun on your show. And then we also have a very different show together um, called The Spiritual Gangsters. So that's on, you know, all the major podcast platforms and YouTube um, where we just basically talk with like really interesting people who've gone through like major shit in their life, um, faith stories, transformation, stuff like that. So it's a little more a bit of a break from heavy conspiracy occult and whatnot but uh yeah it's really fun and i love it yeah i'm not not necessarily lighthearted because sometimes it's not but sometimes it is yeah it's it's just to connect people and make you know people feel a little bit less alone in like what they're going through and stuff yes for sure it's uh yeah Yeah. it may not always be lighthearted but it's definitely you know it's stories of what people what made people the way they are today and i find it it's real shit gangster shit yeah yeah (laughs) And I, I truly enjoy it. I look forward to when we do your show. Yeah, it's fun. Yes, definitely. Um, so, yeah, as you can see, this is uh, part two to the uh, Mormon series that we were doing. Um, I know I have covered the Mormons before, uh, even though it wasn't meant to be. When we covered Skinwalker Ranch, we had no uh, we had no plans of going into Mormons, and it just worked out that way. And I definitely found, like, tons of stuff to do with that that we just didn't want to drag out in the Skinwalker series. So we're covering it now on this. Um I do also want to say real quick that this is stuff taken from the news. This is just our commentary. This is how we see things. This is our our opinion on what is shown to us in the world around us when it comes to this topic. So, you know, this is just commentary. This is our opinions. And uh, I'm not making money off of the news that we're showing. Right. <laughs> so exactly. To make, to make that disclaimer real quick. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, uh, yeah, with all that said, I guess we will uh, go into this uh, n- news video I wanted to use. <laughs> nice. Here we go. Our big story tonight at 6, the Mormon Church now a part of several lawsuits involving the scandals surrounding the Boy Scouts of America. I'm Tram Mai. 
And I'm Joe Dana. Mark and Karibe both have the night off. The LDS Church has been hit with several lawsuits for allegedly covering up decades of sexual abuse among Boy Scout troops in Arizona. This marks the latest legal action before the state's end-of-year deadline for adult victims to sue the Scouts. Team 12's Josh Sanders has been following the claims and has more for us tonight. Josh. Yes, seven cases filed against the Mormon Church for what lawyers claim was a systematic failure to keep Boy Scouts safe. In these cases, part of hundreds expected to be filed against the Scouts in Arizona for decades of alleged abuse. They want some acknowledgement of what happened to them. Evan Smola represents seven men claiming their Boy Scout leaders in Arizona sexually abused them between 1972 and 2009, at the time the victims' ages ranging from 9 to 15. They want the ability to get their lives back on track. But these lawsuits also claim the Mormon Church is responsible. The liability against the LDS Church arises from their sponsorship of troops in Arizona. In Arizona, there are six LDS temples representing more than 436,000 members, the church sponsoring at least seven troops. The lawsuits claim church leadership never notified authorities of abuse allegations and instead would conduct its own investigation while letting accused scout leaders continue to be around kids. The church itself is kind of the eyes and ears on the ground in, in scouting. And it is their responsibility to vet adult leaders. In a statement to 12 News, LDS officials say in part the church has zero tolerance for abuse of any kind and they claims the church had access to scout and eligible volunteer files is simply false. The latest round of lawsuits coming a week after more than a dozen were filed in Arizona. One of those alleged victims, Donald Kalmus. They didn't protect us. You know, they didn't uh, do what they were supposed to do to ensure our safety. His lawyer, Michael Fowle, calling this a systemic problem. BSA and their sponsoring organizations and local council cannot blame this on a few bad apples. There's just simply too many victims and too many tragic stories. In Phoenix, Josh Sanders, 12 News. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the Boy Scouts and the Mormons. Instead of just, yeah. I figured I'd show the video instead of showing news clips. But, uh, yeah, so uh, they have some stuff to do with uh, the Boy Scouts as well. Definitely. It's weird. I never noticed the Boy Scout logo has the fleur de lis oh. in it. I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. And you know what I did find interesting? Uh, oh, damn, and I should have included it. But if you go look up, people were to look up Brandon Fugel, who was also associated with Skinwalker Ranch, besides him being involved in some kind of sexual abuse, uh, you know, company that deals, you know, helping people with sexual abuse. It's funny how the people involved with the religion that seems to be blamed for a lot of shit like that is helping. Mm -hmm. um, he also is associated with something to do with neither federal parks or Boy Scouts. But whatever he's involved in is also, like, oversees the Boy Scouts. So I was just oh. like, huh, this is very interesting. I don't, if very there's something odd. there, I don't know. I, I, I could be wrong, but I'm almost possible that he is associated with something that uh, kind of is, uh, you know, has to do with overseeing the Boy Scouts. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I didn't realize the Mormon level of involvement with Boy Scouts, actually. Yeah, and Brandon Fugel has recently on the New York Post uh, Skinwalker series that they kind of have. I think it's a three or four parter. He finally um, came out and admitted that he was Mormon. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I've already, you know, made comments on his shit and he pretty much denied <laughs> it now on Twitter, <laughs> you know, I busted his balls and he's even remarked and answered back to it. Now all of a sudden he's admitting he's a Mormon. 
Mm. <laughs> well, it's like, why hide that? You know, like if you're, why are you ashamed of that? If there's nothing to hide. Yeah. And then, uh, as he's being interviewed, there's a uh, Masonic and, uh, occult books behind them too on his, uh, on his, of course, yeah, of course, gotta show you who they are, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, I just wanted to uh, pull that up, show that, uh, you know, they have had problems with, uh, the Boy Scouts as well. What a surprise. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then we'll move on to uh, a few other uh, news articles that I came across that I think is very interesting. And it's just like, damn, like, you don't hear about this shit. It's funny how it makes, like, the news online, but it doesn't make it on the TV. Mm-hmm. It's funny how that is <laughs> yeah. also. Yeah. Indeed. Well, I think <laughs> they also know on the phones or whatever on the internet. I think, like, people just kind of, like, have less... They pay attention less. I think there's so much scrolling and shit. Like, maybe it's just... Maybe that's part it of gets the gets lost too. in the shuffle. Yeah, a yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. So here we have uh, child marriages, rape, and incest performed in Utah polygamous group lawsuit alleges. Utah polygamous group arranged marriages between cousins and other close relatives. Shit. Fuck. Women Thanks. who were members of Utah polygamous group said in the lawsuit that they were forced into underage marriages in which their husbands raped them, and they had to perform child labor in the group's business. What? Yeah, I don't know. Like, like does that mean the like fuck? you're giving, like, birth to, like, your kid in, like, the back room of a business or something? Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, no, or child labor, like, uh-huh. were, the, were the people getting married, oh. like, underage? Mm. Oh, you know what? I mean, technically, I wonder if that's even going into... I didn't even think about that. It shows you how ignorant I could be. <laughs> it's okay. Um, me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Uh, I mean, I, I could see, and I have seen it in other cults, just like the Fellowship of Friends. Um, they do use uh, children sometimes to, like, build their churches and all their shit. So I'm wondering if it even has something to do with that. Hmm. Um, yeah, I think in the last time, when the first part of uh, what we covered, we touched on, like, how polygamous leaders can kind of be, like, like building their own like little crew. Yes. You know, like they build this incestuous family with multiple wives and then it's like they have their own gang. Yeah. If you got like 20 kids, I mean, and they start to become like, you know, in their teens or, uh, you know, able to to carry stuff and swing a hammer, you probably got free labor at that point too. Said, you know. Yeah. So the Northern uh, Utah based Kingston group, also known as the, uh, as the order arranged such marriages so that girls would become pregnant and beholden to their husbands and the group, alleges the lawsuit filed Wednesday in state court in Salt Lake City. Oh, let me see when this is from. Uh, This is September 12, 2022. Hmm. Um, Not too old. Recent. Yeah. Order girls are taught from birth that their primary purposes in life are to be obedient a submissive wife, and to bear as many children as possible, the lawsuit says. Fuck, right? The lawsuit filed by 10 people against Kingston group members, including leader Paul Eldon Kingston, seeks a jury trial and unspecified damages. The group sought to maintain pure Kingston blood by arranging marriages between cousins and other close relatives and shunning relationships that weren't between white people, the lawsuit again, alleges. Damn. Yeah, I mean, we have stated before, and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying, and I don't think it is, all Mormons. Mm-hmm. 
But there was a thing with that where I don't think they even allowed black people in until a certain time. Yes. Now, I'm not saying that is, you know, that's probably a very small number of Mormons. And I'm sure when that rule was going on, there was fucked up people at the top who came up with that idea. Well, it's very Targaryen. Mm. (laughs) Keep the bloodline pure kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the lawsuit describes a patriarchal group and a doctor known as the law of one above another. Now, uh, I don't know if there's any coincidence or correlation between the, the both, but there is a thing called the Ra's law of one. And of course, that was uh, you know, another channeling. And uh, mm-hmm. that's almost kind of become a cult in itself, people believing in that stuff. So I don't sure. know if there was anything along the lines of that or is it just you know totally different, but who knows. Um, so yeah, it was known as the law of one above another in which everyone has a rank in the group's hierarchy. Women and girls after they're married, submit to their husband, husbands and men answer to higher ranked men. Men rise in prominence by being obedient and pure of blood and by having large families that can produce a lot of money and workers for the group, according to the lawsuit. Women gain status by being pure of blood and obedient, becoming the first wives of high-ranking numbered men and bearing many children, the lawsuit alleges. But women who are disobedient and fail to bear children, including because they miscarry, face ostracism and lawsuit, uh, the lawsuit alleges. Wow. It's almost very, uh, very Handmaid's Tale. Type of. Mary almost sounds like a multi-level marketing scheme, like MLM. <laughs> you know, it's like okay, so you're ranked under this person, and because you made more money, you get to scheme. rise up. Oh my god, honestly, <laughs> yeah, right? makes me wonder if a lot of MLM owners are Mormon. <laughs> I wouldn't funny. be surprised. Yeah, <laughs> another show. Yeah, yeah. And those things are total scams, too. I actually had, uh, I had a, I mean, he was a co-worker of mine. I would say he, he was also a friend, too, besides a co-worker. Uh, and he was like a supervisor. We were very close, and he did invite me to, uh, he was trying to tell me that he had this thing going where he was making all this money and that he thought he was going to, like, you know, fucking be able to retire in a few years. And he's like, oh, you got to come check this shit out. And, like, you know, I meet up with him and go to, like, this fucking, like, I think it was a hotel. And, like, just, you know, they rented out, like, one of their, one of those big rooms that they do that stuff in. Conference. Oh, yeah, all fancy, huge, really nice place. I get there and I'm like, yo, this is one of them pyramid schemes. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm no like, shade. Frank, I have a few friends who make legit money in MLM. So, like, Good for you guys, I'm, I'm, but you know they do have a bad rap for it for a reason. I was like, no, they got you, bro. You fell for this. But I never. Asked, you know, I don't know. I yeah. just, <laughs> Some of them are pretty cheesy. But I mean, you really have to be good at lying and manipulating. I think to get people involved with that. Yeah. Some of them for sure. Yeah. All right. So let me <laughs> let me keep going. It is a common and intentional practice in the order to acquire. Uh, Oh, wait, this is not making sure I didn't read this right. Yeah. It is a common and intentional practice in the order to require girls and women to submit sexually to their husbands, even if the sexual submission is against their will, because having children results in workers for the benefit of the order, the lawsuit what? states. What? So it's okay to rape your wife, basically. Oh. Yeah, I guess so. Or the handmaid. If it's for the benefit of the yeah. group. 
Five. Like, yo, for real. Like, even the way, like, this thinking you will yeah. see used in Handmaid's Tale as how they justify that they're treating people like this. Like, oh, well, yeah. you're having kids. You don't realize what you're doing for God and humanity. It's like, no, we're being raped to make these kids. Yeah, exactly. Don't Five. think that's what God had in mind. Yeah, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> Just a theory. But. Yeah. Five, five, yeah. <laughs> and where did like you know treat people as you want to be treated like how does that just like how does that right. fit in there with that old thing isn't that the golden rule yeah, like, yeah. like commandment of all commandments how do you fit that in it makes sense of that I don't know yeah five of the women suing uh, alleged uh, five of the women suing alleged they were uh, coerced into marriage as juveniles and raped by their husbands three others including Amanda Grant who alleges that she endured years of sexual abuse by a half brother as a child said they f they fled to escape such a fate. Oh. Grant would later appear on the television series Escaping Polygamy. Uh, the Associated Press generally does not name people who say they have been sexually assaulted unless they come forward publicly. Also suing is a young child. The lawsuit said the child was raped by his or her father, who allegedly raped the mother. The lone man suing said... Three order men raped him when he was 16 or 17 and that when he left the group and announced he was gay, was uh, tracked down and severely beaten by a group of boys acting at the direction of the order, the lawsuit says. Ooh. Fuck, yeah. Wild. Got a little that is wild up. shit. That's like they, they have like a little uh, a little group of those kids from, uh, what the fuck was that movie? Hostel. Did you ever see the Hostels? Movie no, Hostel. Oh, there's so. like these fucking group of kids that like... Yeah, they like throw rocks and kill people and terrorize people as they're like oh, chewing shit. as they're like chewing gum and candy and taffy. Yeah. Oh wow, <laughs> it's like little cronies. Fuck. That's fucking wild. A little crew of hitmen. Yeah, fuck. Mm. So uh, and here's another one. We got a uh, Fox News. This is uh, September 9th, twenty twenty two. So I mean, this isn't like a few days before the last one, actually. Mm -hmm. Former Utah City Mayor and Mormon Bishop arrested for sexually abusing children. Investigators estimate uh, estimate former Mayor Carl Matthew Johnson abused six victims as young as two years old. Oh, come on. How come we're not hearing this shit on the radio? Uh, yeah, yeah. A former, city, a former Utah City Mayor and Bishop with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has been arrested on accusation he sexually abused at least three children decades ago. Carl Matthew, 77, was arrested Wednesday and booked into the Davis County Jail in northern Utah on suspicion of seven counts of sexual abuse of a child, according to a probable cause statement. Investigators say ja uh, Johnson acknowledged abusing three victims in 1995, 1985, sorry, 1985, 1996, <laughs> and estimated there was a total of six victims as young as two years old, according to the document. From this, it actually sounds like this guy's not even denying it either. No. Well, once he got caught, no. Yeah, I guess right. so. He's not like the rest of them who, you know, make up all mm -hmm. these bullshit excuses. He's actually admitting he's a sick fuck. Mm -hmm. uh, the investigate. Well, in my opinion, he's a sick fuck. Uh, the investigation <laughs> is still going on, but so far, Johnson is only booked on charges stemming from three victims. Johnson had not yet been charged as of Thursday afternoon, and it was unknown if he had an attorney. 
See, I don't even understand that though. You arrested him, but he hasn't been charged. Right. Yeah. Then what? What grounds is he under arrest? Yeah, and you can only hold him for so long, anyway. Right. Uh, Johnson, Johnson was in a position position of trust over each victim, but the probable cause statement doesn't say what years Johnson was a church bishop or if the alleged abuse occurred while Johnson was in that role. Bishops are lay clergy who oversee local congregations for a few years at a time in a rotating role reserved only for men in the faith, uh, knowingly widely as the Mormon church. Uh, Stephanie Dinsmore, spokes, uh, spokesperson for Davis County Sheriff's Office, declined to say if the alleged abuse happened when Johnson was a church bishop, saying in a text that the agency will not be commenting on Johnson's affiliation with the church. Johnson's uh, other leadership role was mayor of West Bountiful from 1990 to 1997, a city just outside of Salt Lake City. Hmm. Mm. Very huge area for the Mormons and the LDS. The hot spot. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> the victims told uh, investigators they were told not to tell anyone. And Johnson used his position to suppress disclosures according to the probable cause statement. Right. Very interesting. Yeah. Seems to be a common theme, right? Like people in positions of power. Yeah. Well, abusing unfortunately, their power. Unfortunately, and this is just my opinion and maybe how these things kind of either get swept under the rug, you don't hear much about them, or maybe why stuff kind of like never happens, is that, I mean, even if you were to just look at how many Mormons are in Utah, I know a lot of times people will even use this as an excuse to discredit what's going on. They're like, well, there's so many Mormons there. What do you expect? Mm. But like seeing how many are there and then looking into politics and seeing how many of these people that are in position or Mormons, too, when the district attorney or the attorney general, when the mayor and the governor, when all these people are Mormons, I don't think it's, uh, uh, you know, a grasp to think or a stretch to think, in my opinion, that uh, maybe this is a cover-up or they could cover Absolutely. Or, yeah, like, they put, they put these people in positions of power to uphold their status, like, and get away with things, right? It's almost like, you know, in the TV show Yellowstone. How like I was watching that last night. Were you watching it? <laughs> yeah, the yeah. season started. I haven't watched it yet, but uh, I want to. But how the Dutton family, you know, they put themselves in positions like governor, mayor, whatever, so that they can sweep things under the rug that look unfavorable on them, right? Yeah. And that's how they maintain their ranch, their power, yeah. their, their wealth, right? That's exactly how it's done. Watch that show, and mm-hmm. you'll be able to know how to uh, become a living god. very right very right yes all right so we'll get back to uh this one now utah uh ritualized sexual abuse investigations is there a history of ritual abuse in utah as the utah and this is from uh, june 24th 2022 as the Utah primary draws near, the investigation into ritualized child sexual abuse has gained, uh, garnered more than 120 tips related to claims of ritualistic sex rings. Let's examine the history of the allegations in Utah. In nearly four weeks since the Utah County Sheriff's Office announced an investigation into allegations 
ritualized child sexual abuse in three Utah counties, they have received more than 120 tips in the form of phone calls, texts, and emails. USCO Public Information Officer Sergeant Spencer Cannon told that, uh, the Salt Lake Tribune that the office has pulled in sergeants with experience in sexual assault cases to help review the information. The last American vagabond has been following the unusual situation since May 31st when the Utah County Sheriff's Office announced they were working with multiple county and federal agencies investigating reports of ritualistic sexual abuse from as far back as 1990. The Sheriff's Office said the investigation began in April two, uh, 2021. The investigation subsequently uh, discovered previous reports alleging similar forms of ritual sexual abuse and trafficking that occurred in Utah County, Wab County, and uh, I could be saying this wrong, San Pete County, during the time of 1990 and 2010. Uh, the 1990s and ritualized sexual abuse. In March 1990, the Utah Governor's Commission for Women and Families created the Utah Task Force on Ritual Abuse to investigate a rise in claims of ritual, ritualized sexual abuse of children and educate the public and professionals about the issue. The task force was co-chaired by psychologist Naomi Mattis, Ph.D., who was a believer in the idea that alleged victim, victims can recover their memories of abuse over time. Mm. So uh, the main thing I wanted to get into with this article, I'll just skip that page. Um, they got into the Zion Society cult, which I have actually never heard of, and that was new for me. Looking into this mm. stuff, uh, one of the investigators hired by the Utah County uh, General's Office was Mike King. However, to his role in the AG investigation, King cut his teeth tracking down the Zion Society's cult. Uh, King cut his teeth. I guess that's like a saying that I don't understand what it means. Yeah, it uh, means like you... You bit uh, into too much, maybe? Kinda, no, you, no, you um, like... Uh, it's like you made it. Like that's oh. your debut thing. Like you cut your oh, teeth. Oh, you made it big. That's, you made yeah, it big now it's one. like you're legit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In 1990... <laughs> nice. All right. At least it makes sense now. In 1991, uh, Arvin Shreve of Ogden, Utah, and 10 members of the Zion Society were arrested as a part of a sex ring involved in ritualistic sexual abuse. At the time, Mike King was working as an investigator for the Weber County's Attorney's Office. King was approached by a woman who claimed she had been involved in a cult that was sexually abusing children. The woman told King... She was running away from a bad marriage when she became involved with the group's leader, a man named Irvin Shreve, who had developed a group of followers. Shreve told his followers he knew how to help them achieve happiness in the afterlife. His instructions involved lesbian relationships and sexual abuse. Wow. Fuck. I guess they teach that <laughs> oh, stuff in... Hmm. Uh, he, was, he was then dictating... They should have relations with other, with with ugh, relations with each other, the same sex relationship, all in what he believed was his God's approval. So he thought this stuff was all right. Mike mm. King said in an interview with uh, the Cold Podcast, it continued to per, uh, to pervert. As always, it seems these sexual uh, pred predations, pred whatever, do. Mm. <coughs> 
<laughs> and it soon becomes, uh, soon became, now the children need to be involved. King called the Zion Society's abuse of children ritual abuse, despite it not being satanic or occult. He said the ritual Shreve employed were a perversion of Christian theology. Ritual abuse is happening. I don't believe ritual abuse means satanic abuse, King said. Which I do find to be interesting because, like, I, I do think, I mean, if there is a schedule or a certain way of that this is being done, if there's mm -hmm. like a, even then going back to Handmaid's Tale. The guy has to go get the book. He has to read from the book. The woman has to hold the other woman. There has to be a person there. Even though they're not talking about Satan or anything like that, that is a ritualistic scene. This is done, that's done, then this is done. That's a ritual. People who wake mm -hmm. up in the morning and go brush their teeth right away, that is ritualistic. Absolutely. Doesn't So, like, I, what I do think, I, I think it's interesting how at least they, this guy is realizing that even though it does not have to have all of these other things in, you are realizing it is part of, like, a kind of a ritualistic thing. Absolutely. But also, too, like, what I would argue, like, you know, abuse of children or abuse of anyone is, like, is a satanic undertone whether you're like yes invoking yeah. that or not it's definitely not oh right i agree do. for sure yes you I, know I, so yeah. whether you want to call it that or not it's not from god it's say, satanic you know? in general but the thing is I, I i think like the people them themselves may not think that you know what i'm saying right you know, so it's at least not, it still um, makes it ritualistic not, um described to them in that way so they don't associate yeah. it with that yeah. yeah, it's like at least uh, you realize you didn't need a pentagram to consider ritualistic. Right, exactly, <laughs> yes. Abuse comes in many forms, yes. exactly. When the Ogden police raided the neighborhood where the Zion Society uh, was based, Mike King supervised the operation and the criminal prosecution of Shreve and any other members of the Zion Society. And I was like, well, I know uh, the Mormons are big into uh, Zion, and they use that word. So I looked up Zion with the Latter-day Saints. Mm -hmm. within, within the Latter-day Saint movement, Zion is often used to connote or whatever, an association of the righteous. This association would practice a form of communitarian economics called the United Order, meant to ensure that all members maintain an acceptable quality of life Class distinctions were minimized and group unity achieved. While Zion has often been linked with theocracy, the concept of Zion did not theoretically require such a governmental system in this way. Zion must be distinguished from the ideal political system called theodemocracy, which Latter-day Saints believed would be adopted upon Christ's second coming. However, Zion maintains several possible meanings within the Latter-day Saint lexicon. Almost sounds like communism. Yeah. <laughs> you know. It also makes you wonder, like, how deep of a meaning does Zion have in the Matrix movies, too? You know, or that word. Oh, yeah. you know, does that, like, show, like, I don't think people quite understand what Zion really is. And then mm -hmm. I also think it has many different reasons. You know, and me even including myself, I don't think I totally can even grasp, like, a lot of the Zion stuff. Sure. Yeah. Even in uh, reggae music, they refer to it a lot, right? Like, Bob Marley used to talk yeah. about it. And, mm, a lot of different people from different beliefs will have mentioned or believe in, like, a Zion for, like, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like a promised land kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So, <laughs> Arvind Shreve and the Zion Cult, 1991. Arvind Shreve was a lifetime resident of Weber County and was employed as a landscaper for Ogden City. He has been excommunicated from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints for advocating practices not consistent with the church teachings. Shreve began a cult called The Company that recruited mostly excommunicated LDS members. So it's like, you know, of course, once they get caught, it's always once they get caught, we excommunicate mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Like, it's never like, it's never even like, all right, we excommunicated the guy, we kept our lips sealed, we didn't put him on blast, and now he gets busted. It's never like that either. No. It's always after the fact. Like it's the only when it causes new. problems for the yeah. church reputation. Like, exactly. Yeah. Right. It's not even, because, you know, at least you'd have someone of a, like, a, like a leg to stand on, like if you at least excommunicated the guy prior and you're like, oh, well, we thought, even still lying, well, we thought he might have been a little fishy, so we got rid of him. At least that yeah. would still look better than like, oh, we waited until he got caught. <laughs> you so know? <laughs> like, fuck. At yeah. least you can really play stupid that way. You know, like, and, well, we can't and you disassociate. Anymore, so now we'll excommunicate yeah. you. Yeah. Fuck, disassociate yourself beforehand. Oh, fuck. Right. <laughs> 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 um, polygamous sect leader dies in state prison. Arvind Shreve... He led the Zion Society and was convicted of abusing a child. The Salt Lake Tribune, August uh, 12, 2009, by Lindsay Whitehurst. Um, Down here it says, Shreve was the leader of the Zion Society, a cult whose religious teachings included group and lesbian sex instructions. At its height, the cult claimed about 70 followers. Now, the thing is, when they consider, like, followers, are those the grown-ups and the kids, or is that just the grown-ups? Like, could it have been 70 followers, but then, like, you know, if you're pumping out kids like crazy, is that, like, 100 kids? Right, yeah, oh. it's not clear. Oh, no, and it says with about half, see, my bad, I should have just kept going, with about oh. half of them uh, children of the Sisters okay. of the Zion Society. Oh. Mm, he told his followers uh, the world would soon be in chaos, but they would be saved. Prosecutors said at least 10 children were molested by Shreve and his followers, 10 of whom were later charged with child sex abuse. Police uh, raided the group's headquarters in 1991. They found guns, survival gear, hidden rooms, and bomb shelters stashed in a meticulous, neat enclave of the home in northern Ogden. Well, yeah. fuck is with some doomsday people up in here. They're preppers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Fuck. It was just like a fucking they were trying to start a Waco. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh, I wonder if they had the band too, like that guy had. What the what? He had a band, that guy. Yeah. If you look go look him up. He's got like music you could probably find on YouTube. Oh really? Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Okay. I only knew that because I watched the Netflix series and it showed that like the guy was like fucking jamming out. I think like doing band practice. When the oh, you know when the fucking uh, the cops are at his place. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, a report of child sexual abuse in the LDS neighborhoods by Marion B. Smith in March two thousand and four. I pulled this one up. I'm gonna read this part, but it's really in the next page that I found interesting. Um, in order to protect those who were child victims at the time of the events, in the following narrative. All children's names are pseudonyms except those already identified in court records. The names of alleged teenage uh, perpetrators and Mm -hmm. of our uh, daughters are also pseudonyms. 
Otherwise, all names, locations, and dates are as accurate as our recollections and records permit. The president of the LDH Church, Gordon B. Hinckley, was asked by Mike Wallace in a national television interview in April of 1996 if abuse was a critical issue in the LDS community and if the patriarchal system discriminated against women and child victims. President Hinckley's response was that there was a blip here and a blip there. Okay. <laughs> But nothing okay. of major consequence. The following count is of one of these uh, blips, which occurred in our family in our Mormon neighborhood and ward. Since our experience, we have become aware of many cases of child abuse involving priesthood holders of responsible positions in the LDS church. In 2004, the, class, the Catholic Church in the United States acknowledged 10,667 claims of abuse perpetrated by clergy since 1950, which has cost the church $533,400,000 in settlements. That was really the thing that I just wanted to get at with all that shit that I read. $500 fucking million. Yeah. That's a lot of money you're paying out because you can't stop. I mean, there's a fucking problem. If it's costing you that much. Because of the claims yeah. like this. Well, this is the Catholic priests. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's interesting. Which, just to say, you know, I find it interesting how the Catholic priests, yes, there is a problem with some of them for sure. But that's very much publicized in the media. Whereas like this is not really. Yeah. Like, yeah, we can find stuff on it if we look. But like, do you recall ever hearing stuff about Mormon abuse just like in the news like on NBC or like 60 Minutes or like mm -hmm. I don't really you know I just find that interesting one group gets um, publicly lynched more than another yeah no, that's right it's very true. not not defending that no but, no I know. know what you're saying yeah yeah I just find it interesting um well this one it's a little bit older from 2006 the latest Women suing a Mormon church speaks of alleged rape. A uh, woman suing the Mormon church, alleging she was raped by a former Mormon leader in the 1980s, says she's seeking justice and wants the church to change how it handles sexual abuse reporting. McKenna Denson said Thursday at a news conference in Salt Lake City that she was singled out, groomed, and raped in 1984 by Joseph L. Bishop at the Religions Missionary Training Center in Provo, Utah. 55-year-old Denson says she decided to sue after her numerous reports of the abuse to local church officials never led to any discipline. Mm. In the lawsuit filed Wednesday, the woman repeats her allegation that Joseph L. Bishop sexually assaulted her in 1984 when he was president of the Religions Missionary Training uh, Center in Provo, Utah. Um, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints uh, spokesman Eric Hawkins said Thursday that the religion has faith in the judicial system but takes seriously its responsibility to hold members accountable. This woman plans to speak Thursday at a news conference. So there's that one. Then we have another one. Uh, I found this interesting. This is a little bit of an older one. I found it interesting for a few reasons, and then I think this might be my last one. I will shut up and then let Teresa go after I'm done with all this. It's <laughs> fine. But uh, this one, I do. why I thought it was interesting, um, one, because when we covered the Skinwalker series, 
when I pulled up and showed that Brandon Fugel used to, uh, well, now he admits that he's a Mormon. When he was a Mormon, I did find pictures of him and Dragon from the Skinwalker show also. There were missionaries, uh, pictures of them being missionaries to Hawaii for mm -hmm. the Mormons. Um, and Fugel is, if you were to go mm -hmm. and probably check his fucking, uh, check his Twitter and or whatever social media he has, he's making it very, uh, he's pretty outspoken about the amounts of property he is sucking up and buying in Hawaii right now as well. So I found That's that just to be, uh, yeah, kind of interesting and coincidental. Um, there has been times where I think um, when we covered the Order of Quetzalcoatl, the Shriners, we did mention Hawaii, I think. It might have been on a, uh, the story goes, I think when the Shriners were coming back from Hawaii for something that they did, they were on a boat ride back, or whoever they were coming back, they came up with the idea of the Order of Quetzalcoatl. Hmm. So again, you know, there is something to Hawaii. And I do believe pineapple is used for a few reasons. It can be like the lotus on top of your head, or it can be pedophilia uh, symbol as well. So I just thought for many reasons, just the name of this topic was rather uh, was rather interesting. Pineapple Express. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two men file lawsuit against Mormon Church alleging sexual abuse as teens by church leader on Pineapple Farm in Hawaii. This again is January 24th, 2014. Two men filed a civil lawsuit on Wednesday suing the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints for sexual abuse that the plaintiffs claim occurred on a pineapple farm in uh, Maui, Hawaii from 1986 through 1988. Jacob Huggard, 41, and Kyle Spray, 42, both of Utah are alleging they were sexually abused by the camp's coordinator. Brian Pickett was responsible with uh, overseeing the hundreds of teenage boys from Utah and Idaho who worked with the pineapple fields in the 1970s and 1980s. In addition to the Mormon church, Maui Land and Pineapple Co., which owned the farmland and camp housing, is also listed as defendant according to a press release. Both companies recruited boys to work for the company paying them for their work while also educating them in Mormon missionary lifestyle. The lawsuit claims that abuse happened both at the farm and later at Pickett's private residence when he was promoted to vice president of the operations. It also alleges that Pickett's higher-ups were aware of his actions but did, but did nothing to prevent the abuse from continuing. Despite having knowledge of the pedophilic sexual violence perpetrated by the defendant, Pickett, these other defendants did not report him to the authorities or take any action to protect plaintiffs from further molestation, which did occur, the lawsuit states. There were hundreds of boys uh, over more than a decade cycled through these camps, attorney Randall Rosenberg said at the press release. Hundreds were exposed to alleged sexual predator in our case. We did not know how many others may have been molested, but our experience is that child sexual predators with access to kids have multiple victims. Oh, shit. And I got over. I guess I have one more. Sorry, I thought that was my last one. It's <laughs> okay. <laughs> Former LDS church bishop pleads guilty to abusing boys in his ward. 
This is October 25th. Uh, no, sorry, October, August 25th, 2017. Uh, former LDS church bishop pleads guilty to abusing boys in his ward. Uh, Eric Wayne Hughes, 51, of Mapleton, pleaded guilty Wednesday in the 4th District Court to uh, two counts of forcible sexual abuse, a second-degree felony, and tampering with a witness, a third-degree felony. Hmm. Was he trying to strong on him? Yeah. Hughes was charged with abusing two boys starting uh, when the boys were 15 and 17. The abuse happened several years ago. Both were members of Hughes's LDS ward and are now adults. The investigation began in April when one of the men, who had since moved out of state, disclosed to a counselor he was sexually abused by his bishop, according to a search warrant. In June, after Hughes learned the first victim was talking to the police, he told the second one not to say anything of question, according to the charging documents. Both also claimed that Hughes may have drugged them by giving them a pill to relax. They reported waking up to find Hughes abusing them, according to a police affidavit filed in the 4th District Court. Hughes was not charged with anything in relation to the alleged druggings. And then uh, Darren Scott, former Mormon high priest, jailed for sexually abusing 11 boys. This is, uh, I think it might be the same guy. Uh, this is October uh, of 20, 2017, Friday the 27th. Was that the same person's name? No, I think the other guy's name was Hughes. Yeah, Hughes, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So this is a totally mm-hmm. different one. Mm-hmm. Jailed for sexually abusing 11 boys. Oof. A judge has jailed a man for 10 years over child sexual abuse in Victoria's East, describing him as a sexual predator who showed no remorse. Darren Scott of Arkies Creek will spend at least seven years behind bars after he pleaded guilty to 16 charges. 16 charges. Relating to child sex abuse, and that says that equates to seven years. That's uh, that, 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 what the fuck? Yeah, it is really fucked up. Scott, now 33, worked as a film director, actor, and as a freelance cameraman for WIN News. He started grooming his victims in the early 1990s as a junior football coach in Melbourne, eastern suburbs. The county court in Morwell uh, heard the heard he piled the boys, he he pilled uh, he something he basically gave them pills, so mm-hmm. he applied the boys maybe they pilled whatever the boys with sleeping pills, cannabis, alcohol, and pornography. Jesus Christ! Oh. <laughs> he also indecently assaulted several victims on surfing trips and at his home near uh, Wathagi on Victoria's best coast. In sentencing, Judge John Smallwood told Scott he had ruined lives and hadn't shown any remorse other than self-pity. Well, then, I think if that's the case, he deserves more than seven years, but that's just my... Absolutely not remorseful whatsoever. (laughs) It's a long way from the remorse anticipated from a man who has done the damage that you have, he told Scott. And then, uh, yeah, we'll just leave it there. That's fine. So yeah, that's, that's all. Wild. Yeah, I mean there there was even more stuff I could have dragged up, but uh, yeah, that was just oh for sure. Yeah, it's pretty endless when you start looking it up, right? Yeah, you there is a consistent yeah. uh, thing going on with with this group of people that you just don't seem to really hear much about at all. Very yeah. secretive, very mysterious. Yes, yeah, yeah, it seems to be, and like I found. Um, even some people on social media who have pages, you know, dedicated to kind of exposing 
Mormon abuse and whatnot. And I mean, we could go on and on with their stories, right? Their individual stories. But a common theme seems to be, especially for like the young women who were abused, like when they would go to their superiors, like their bishop, for example, and try to like make a formal complaint, they would just be told like, well, you know, you have to trust God and just pray on it. You know, very much like gaslighting them into being like, it's never about the abuser. It's like about you, you know, like it's your fault somehow. Or like, uh-huh. you just have to trust that God's going to handle it for you. You know, like this kind of mentality, it's very, very messed up, you know, and there doesn't seem to be much consequences for the They abusers. downplay it very much. They downplay it. Yeah, absolutely. Even just from what you brought up right now and in our previous episode, it seems there would be a lot more than 10,000 and change complaints. Yeah. If, if you were to add them all up, like, I don't know, it's pretty wild. Did you ever see uh, Midnight Mass? I have not. Uh, all right, well, for, like, listeners, like, it, it, people listening and watching, it, like, reminds me very much of, like, uh, when that priest, you know, started doing crazy shit. It's like the chick in that movie who was very religious, just because I think of the fact of that, how things need to appear, and worrying about people thinking bad stuff was like kind of just was like sweeping it under the rug and justifying it. And it's like, no, we just got to, you know, get him dressed. Who cares? Get rid of the dead body. Get him out there on his fucking you know, altar and uh, say something really good for the people. Like, that's all she was. And it's just like, yeah, just that, keep, that's keep exactly what That's exactly how, yeah. like, I think these people just get caught up in that and, like, somehow justify fucked up sick shit and just, like, ignore it. You know, yeah, well, I think it's one of those things. We like can't tarnish were, the, the name. You know, we yeah, can't if you were to really yeah. acknowledge it, it would make you have to question like your whole the whole system, right? You have to, so you have it's to question those, your own belief system that you bought into. Absolutely, or the, like, say you were like an employee or like highly involved in like the church, and this happened with one of your bishops or something. It's like you trusted this person with like your beliefs, your tithing money. Like, all this stuff. And it's like, wow, were they really a dirtbag the whole time or worse? Yeah. Right? Even interesting, like, just a, a personal story. Over the weekend, um, my son was talking with a, a priest. And I was there, you know, whatever. And this particular priest, he's in his 80s. He used to run a camp, like, for kids, like, up north in Ontario, and they had to shut it down. Like they don't do that anymore because of like all the pedophile accusations because people stopped signing their kids up. So he's like, we don't do those anymore. And I said, why? And he told me why. And I, said, I was like, oh, really? And he, I was like, wow. He's like, yeah, but it's funny because then people who did attend the camp and had a great experience, like none of, none of that stuff actually happened there. It's just that people have this perception that it happens everywhere. So he's like, some of the parents from 35 years ago have been calling him like, hey, can I sign my kid up for one of your programs? And he's like, no, because we can't have them anymore because no one will sign up except people who actually experienced it themselves. Right. So it's unfortunate that well-meaning people get, you know, caught up in tarnished reputation, too. Right. It's, It's unfortunate. But I don't know. Mormons. Definitely some crazy shit. So I um, ended up, well, actually you sent it to me, a video by a program called The Fifth Estate, which is a Canadian investigative journalism show um, uh, through the CBC, no less, which is funny that the CBC would run this. But anyways, um, it's actually pretty recent. It aired at the end of October. 
And they did like an amazing job, not only diving into like, they didn't dive into the sexual stuff, but a whole lot of financial scandals with the Mormon church as well. So these guys are like, they got their hands in a lot of different things. So I'm just going to kind of summarize some important stuff from the video. It is on YouTube. If people want to watch it, maybe we can link it in the description after in case they want to watch it themselves. But, um, basically it had some whistleblowers in it. And, uh, one of them was saying like, you'd think that the Mormon church is a religion that dabbles in business but he's like, the evidence is clear that it's a business. That dabbles in that religion. Dabbles in religion, exactly. Yeah, yeah so very much money-oriented, right? That's a um, fucking amazing way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> that nails it right it there. <laughs> yeah. I, had to, I had to write it down exactly because I was like, that's perfect. The way I mean, that's it. really almost every religion. I hate to say it, unfortunately. It just... It does seem to be, yeah, when it gets at that highly organized level, right? Like, you could say the same or worse about the Vatican or about, you know, mega Christian churches and... I'm sure Islamic things too, you know, it's crazy. It's in every power group. That's why I don't like to, yeah. you know, point fingers at one or the other. Cause I just think it's in every group. Once they get to a certain level, power gets abused period. Once it Whether gets out of school, cult status and moves into uh, church status, you know, no matter what religion it is, it becomes a business for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's worse. I think with religion or, or spirituality, like it happens a lot in the yoga community too like sexual things, it's uh, it's very prevalent. Um, it's oh, just wow. because, you know, you're taking advantage of people's belief system and they have so much trust in you and it makes it way worse, I think, you know, using God or, oh. you know, that kind of messaging for abusing people, it's fucked up. But um, one of the people who was a whistleblower, he, he's a Canadian, his name is Nigel Kennett. Uh, so he was a devout Mormon. And he actually became an accountant, like, for his profession. So he was the one who initially reached out to the Fifth Estate, to this investigative journalism program, because he felt that the Mormon church is deceiving people with their financials. So I think he was an accountant for, like, another church, like, not related to Mormonism, and doing, like, their books. And then he was seeing, like, how they handle their finances. And then he's like, wait a second. He's like, the Mormon, like, finances are, like, really fucked up in comparison. And that's why he reached out. So he couldn't like live with it on his conscience, Mm. you know? So that's what he said. Um, But basically the Mormon or Latter-day Saints church, they advertise that their tithing, which is their donations from their members goes to like all these humanitarian and charitable efforts, which you would assume, right? You would assume that that's where money from, collecting from a church beyond their own expenses to run their things goes to charitable efforts. You would assume so, right? Yes. To further Christ's work on earth. That's the, the guys that they tell their members. Right. Um, but actually tithing for them is different than in other churches. So in other churches, you know, it's usually optional to donate. If you want, you're not required. You can still go to church, you know, in, in my experience anyway, an understanding of most other faiths uh, in the Mormon church. It is a requirement. It's a commandment that you must give at least 10% of your income to the church, a commandment. I was Damn. like, all right, bro. <laughs> yeah. So you're already guaranteed like a certain amount of income, right? You got a better seat in heaven. Uh, apparently. Yes. They teach their members that, 
you should give your tithing before God and God will open the gates of heaven to you. That's what people are told. So it would be pretty bad if you didn't give your tithing, right? Even to the point that they were saying, uh, one uh, former Mormon in the video was saying that if you had to choose between eating, like if you were so poor that you couldn't eat or give your tithing, you should still give your tithing and let your bishop help you with your food. Wow. I was like, yo. <laughs> Why don't you just buy the food? Right? Someone's paying yeah. for it. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's collecting all the money, so, you know, might as well yeah. pay for it. I'm getting you're gonna, you're gonna give him 10 bucks and he'll give you back fucking $2 on ramen. Right, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? I was like, wow, this is very, so they're very much indoctrinated from young, like the, the whistleblower, excuse me, Nigel Kennett, he was saying he's been giving his tithing since he was eight years old. See, I can understand, I, like, to a point, I give people, you know, cut them some slack. If you're bred, if you're born into this stuff, you just, that's, you're in your own little world, your own little community. Yeah. But, like, how does, like, somebody who exists outside of it get sucked into that? Like, that that's just... what I wonder, too. Some people who've converted later in life, like, how did you hear that and think that that was, like, all right? Yeah. Or, like, legit. But, I mean, I don't know. Um, so they do claim, the Mormon Church claims, that they have given $3.5 billion in humanitarian aid since 1985. That's their claim. Whether that's actually true or not is very debatable. Um, so what he started to notice, uh, this Nigel Kennett, he started to notice that there's no legitimate uh, donees, like in the Mormon church in Canada's books. So like there's no Red Cross, there's no like oh, Salvation Army, okay. uh, food banks, like there's none of that. And he's like, so where mm. is this money going? I even there know is- from I even know from just real quick when we covered yeah. the Stephen King, uh, when we did that short series, when I started looking into his uh, you know his charitable stuff, mm-hmm. um, you can you know if it, the, the charity exists, you can go on GuideStar, make an account, and like you can even pull up their records. This is why I didn't go too far into his stuff, is because you I did find that he. D- at least him or whoever did the paperwork is showing exactly where the money came from and where it went. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, fuck. I was like, even if these are schemes, like it's still kind of like on paperwork wise legit. But I mean, I didn't cover and get into it because everything looked straight, but like they, they uh, are supposed to show who they're sending their money to. Yeah. So you're, I mean, you're that's how you're show sh- all that. Yeah. You have to. Exactly. Yeah. So what he started to notice, um, you know, that, it's shady that there's just no like charities you'd think would receive this humanitarian aid or not receiving anything. There is, however, a huge donee, which is BYU, Brigham Young University uh, in the United States. So the Canadian Mormon Church has been giving over $100 million a year to Brigham Young University. Okay. This is really fucked up. Since 2007, uh, he noticed that they started to move massive amounts of money down south to BYU. The highest year was 2016 when they donated $110 million. Damn. Okay. This is over 70%, 70% of all the Canadian tithing to one place Holy in America. Shit. So that's not even going so to So 70% Canadian of the, church, the Mormon church money 
that they raised for that year went to the United States? Yep. That's fucking wild. Yep. Without a peep from the government, nothing. Because apparently there is a Canadian tax loophole that states if the money is benefiting for educational purposes, even just one Canadian. So say at Brigham Young, I think it said 2% of the students are Canadian. Oh, geez. So if 2% are Canadian down there, it benefits them so they can do it legally. Oh, wow. Yeah. Money laundering, possibly, <laughs> yes, maybe. It's, it's money laundering, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so in total, like the Canadian church has given over a billion dollars to BYU, which has cost the Canadian treasury $280 million in tax breaks. Wow. Yeah, this is big. Big business here. Uh, and also, too, they still, the church will claim in official statements, like, well, most of our Canadian Mormon tithing money goes to Canada. Most. So the stat, yeah, it is most because 46% has left the country, but most has still stayed here, like just over 50%. I wonder. So that's how they justify it. Mm-hmm. I wonder too, like, I think they do believe that they're going back to Missouri for their Zion. So I'm just wondering, well, like, is like the money, like, yeah. they're sending it from Canada to here for the people to trek up to here? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. It just yeah, seems like, so. like, you know, your Zion, like, the Zion for them is technically closer to Canada than it is to BYU. So why are they saying, yeah, I don't know. You know, I'm just, like, trying to wonder, like, what the fuck's up Well, with yeah, so one, another whistleblower featured in the, in the Fifth Estate uh, interview his name is Lars Nielsen. So he's an American former Mormon. He went to BYU and he also had graduated from Harvard with another degree. Whoa. So his theory is that so much Canadian money is being funneled to the States because of the idea that Mormons want to create their Zion. So they obviously need money to do that. Mm-hmm. And they really want to physically bring the kingdom of heaven down to earth. He's like, we believe that the promised land is America. Canada, obviously being close neighbors, is part of that, but not the actual promised land. So they can justify in their mind, you know, bringing the money south to create that promised land in America. Yeah, I was like thinking along those lines, actually. Yeah, you were right on point. Exactly. So interesting. So what are they doing with all this money? You know, um, another guy who's featured in the, in the interview, his name is Ryan McKnight. So he's American as well. He left the church because of racism and homophobia, um, and started the website Mormon leaks, which I've been on. Oh yeah. You know, so have I. When researching this. Yeah. 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 yeah Mormon <laughs> leaks. So I was like, Oh, that's the guy. That's crazy. That's funny. You know what's you know what's wild when it's just like you know how you know when these things are probably screwed up and there's something behind it like even with Mormons and I even noticed with the Fellowship of Friends, which you know real quick I do want to mention it's funny how we talked about like more business than church when we covered the Fellowship of Friends and if you look into that the tax guy I think it was like the tax guy whoever of that cult even said that the only reason they came up with that whole. Uh, their whole like command, like their their religious thing to go by, mm-hmm. was literally just for taxes. 
Yeah. Because you were claiming religious exemption, and then the IRS is like, well, where's your proof that you're a religion? And then they're like, oh, fuck, well, we got to hand them something, so here, take these rules. The guy, like, literally said, we made them up in my fucking office. (laughs) Yeah. Just to get the tax breaks. Just to get the tax break, exactly. It's crazy. So, um, Ryan McKnight, the guy who started Mormon Lakes, he initially broke a story (coughs) that the Mormon church owed $32 billion dollars in U.S. stock holdings through 13 random LLCs. Wow. So they're See, obviously trying to hide. That, now, that's oh. also been something that me and Lux have showed multiple times, like even with secret societies or mm-hmm. when we're like showing people's names, like linked to lodges and linked to this. It's like you'll, you'll run that address or that person's name and you'll we come across like 10 or 20 like other companies yeah. or LLCs that are linked to that name and it's like every two months another one's coming up. And, like, when you pull up the address and if you can actually physically see what it is, it's, like, a fucking house. Or it's, like, something the size of, like, uh, fuck. I mean, like, Rite Aid would probably be twice the size of, like, a store, what I'm trying to think of, you know? Like, something something to where it's, like, there's no way there's, you know, 12 businesses in something (laughs) that big. Operating You know, or it's, like, there's each one, like, a fucking desk. Is it, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, these things are shady. Something's up. Very shady. Yeah, so he was the one that broke that story, which is pretty crazy. Um, and, they, you know, they always say, like, they keep this secret because if, if the congregation at large knew, they would stop giving their tithing. They wouldn't want to give it, right? Because they're, they're all under the guise that it's going for charitable works and for the good of society. Um, but it's not. Um, so Ryan uh, McKnight's investigation um, then also led him to kind of wonder about the their land holdings. So the Mormon church's land holdings. And he connected with a Canadian Mormon, a former Mormon named Josh Bigley in Prince Edward Island. So the two of them together spent two years creating this database of all the Mormons uh, holdings. And um, they found that the Mormon church is for sure the single largest landowner in the United States. Yep. They're the biggest ones. Oh, I think you've said that yeah, before. Yeah, I thought when I had came across came across some stuff, they said I thought they were, thought they were like in the top five or the fifth largest, but I mean it could have They're the changed. biggest. I know in Florida they said by far that they, they, they own the most land. Yeah, so they own over 1.7 million acres and $15.8 billion of assets in their portfolio. You know what I? You know what I should have? I should have checked when I thought uh, when I heard heard about that. I should look up to see who who owns more, Bill Gates or the Mormon Church? Because people go on about oh, Bill Gates has all this property, and I'm like, have you ever heard what the Mormon Church owns? Right. Yeah. It's fucking no difference. <laughs> right. Yeah. So even in like 2021, as recent as that, the church is claiming that they've provided 900 million dollars in in aid worldwide. But if you compare it to like their massive fortune, it's actually like a very small percent of what they have, right? Um, so then the um, investigative piece also goes into the Australian Mormon Church, which claims to give over 70% of their tithing to charity. But they're like, 70 cents on a dollar doesn't make sense that all that money would be going to charity because like, who who's doing this? All volunteers? Like, don't you even have to have a paid staff? Yeah, you, you know, know, and that's charities- that's normally a loophole that charities will use actually right. to make money. So we got to pay the people that are doing this for us because right. they like understand. Like people, you know, they work not for profit, but yeah. like you know, it ends up being 
30, 40 cents of every dollar you give actually goes to like the work, right? Yeah. Or less sometimes. Because yeah, there's administrative things, you know, the cost of salary. Legit, and like all that. you have to, like you just have just to, to pay people. It. Yes, exactly. because not everybody yeah. has the time to do everything. So yes, there's exactly. exemptions yeah. to pay people, actually. Yeah, so they're like 70% um, doesn't make sense. Like just that number doesn't, doesn't even make sense. That's um, why I was so surprised by when you said that. I was like, damn. That is a lot. Like, normally it's it like, is. well, only 20% of that. Like the March of Dimes. I think it's only 10%. You know well, what I'm saying? That's why it's called March of Dimes, right? Yeah, and so it's like, damn, like they actually really, like neither the, they're lying and playing money games or like they actually really sent all that and that's fishy in itself because normally right. that's like a, a pile of money people rape and pillage before they do anything with it. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's weird in Australia too, the... Mormon church membership is decreasing, like less and less people are belonging to the church. Yet, magically, the donations have increased from 200,000 a year now to 73 million a year. That's a 2,000% increase. It's getting like Scientology now. Right? Very much so. Even some of the things they believe, it reminds me of that, for real. Um, so yeah, I think the only people who benefit from the Australian Mormon donations are Australian, um, Mormons who are donating. That's what they've concluded. And basically they're like, okay, so is this like basically wide, wide scale tax avoidance or illegal wide scale tax evasion? Mm. Right. Cause it's all under the guise of char- charity and tax deductible and whatnot. Exactly. Yeah. And then yeah, it begs the question, like, why is the Mormon church sitting on all this money and assets? What are they what are they sitting on it for? Like a rainy day? Like how much money do you need for a rainy fucking day? I would also think too, if you're tossing around that money, think about how much they have to be able to toss around that amount of money too. Like to just give that up. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But it's like, you know, think of all the good that that money could do. Well, even before when we were talking about all, the, I'm like thinking about like you know you said a hundred thousand, a hundred million a year. I'm thinking about how much like we're sending Ukraine. I'm like all this money that's sent all totally. over the place to to make yeah. the world a better place. How come it hasn't happened? <laughs> you know, like question. or even like right now when we're recording this, Ontario supposedly going into like an education strike. So it's like, yo, couldn't you use some of that little bit of Mormon tithing to like? you know, fund our education system so we don't have to strike anymore. Like, stuff like this, right? There's Nothing's going to hospitals. Nothing's going to education other than BYU, apparently. Uh, And nothing's going to, like, you know, outreach programs. Yeah, yeah. Soup kitchens. Or not even, like, missionaries. Women's shelters. And aren't they supposed to be all about the missionary work and and all this, right? So it's very odd. Um, And also, too, another thing on uh, March 22nd, 2012, Skull and Bones Day, nonetheless. Oh. <laughs> um, the Mormons cut the ribbon on this big mall in Salt Lake City called City Creek Mall. So it's a huge luxury shopping center right across from their temple in Salt Lake City. Um, so some people, uh, Lars Nielsen, who I mentioned before, his brother was working as an investment manager for the LDS church and was a whistleblower on this project because he started to realize that the money that people were giving in tithing is used being used for commercial developments, not for oh. charitable works, as they state. 
right? So they're taking the money so that he, was donated and using it to go buy commercial shit and make money off of it. Yeah, and make them all, right? <laughs> was it Collier's? Was it owned by Collier's? Was it? Was it owned by Collier's? Was it Collier's property? You have it? That's that's Brandon Fugel, actually. That's his property. Uh, oh, yeah. I honestly have to look it up. Yo, you know what's crazy? So we can find out later. You know what's crazy, too? I don't know if I've actually mentioned it on the show, but that fucker owns, literally owns property that I could walk to blocks away from my house. Brandon Fugel owns fucking property by me. That's crazy. Fucking insane. One day that I passed it and I was like, yo, isn't that his fucking like property company? I saw right. like a sign on the side of the building and I looked it up. I was like, Oh, well, that's crazy. Yeah. So I don't know, but we'd have to find out after for sure. Um, so yeah, apparently they had an investment fund for this project worth a hundred billion dollars. Billion with a B. <laughs> uh, which was built on the back of tithing money. So uh, the church ended up making a statement saying, well, yes, we did use money to build the mall but we use the residual income on the tithing investments, not the investment money itself, right? Yeah. So apparently this makes it okay. Um, and they're investing <laughs> in stuff like like blue chip stocks, like Apple, fossil fuel companies, um, energy companies. Uh, so oh, they're wait, getting did the you tax say fossil rate. fuel? Yeah. Oh, shit, they're going to get canceled now. <laughs> Right. <laughs> canceled. Canceled. Yeah. They're getting the tax breaks, but not doing what they claim with the money, which is charitable works. So basically you're stealing from your church members. Yeah, they're using that money to invest in shit to make more money. That is fucking wow. Yeah. So it's pretty bad. Um what else was I gonna say? And you know what uh, yeah, you know what so, I wanna mention real quick too? And yeah. I, I was going to say this near the end, but, you know, you gave me a second to just bring this up. And mm. I was afraid at the end, maybe people would have already shut the show off. And <laughs> not that I'm trying to harp on uh, Elon Musk, but mm. he is associated with, you know, Robert Bigelow owned the Skinwalker Ranch. I'm not saying he's a Mormon, but prior to him and after him, Mormons. People who are associated with the stories that came out of Skinwalker Ranch, a lot of them like Junior Hicks and other people... Well, that all have this drawings and, you know, stories about what's going on over there. All Mormon. Mm -hmm. So I don't, you know, Bigelow, I couldn't specifically find that he was, but there was a Bigelow name that was huge in Mormon family from coming yes. overseas, actually. Um, yeah. So, you know, I couldn't prove that, but there's a good chance that maybe he's involved with them. Possibly, you know. Sounds like a high probability. <laughs> right? This guy... Makes shuttles and shit to send out to outer space, the moon, supposedly Mars. For $52 million, you can buy a space shuttle from Bigelow that's going to send you to Mars that's powered by Elon Musk's rockets. His rockets are the ones taking you out there, and he's the same one who was saying that we need to populate more. He has come out and said that we don't have an underpopulation. We need more. Sounds very Mormon-esque. Very, yes. People Aren't need to start to, like, looking inherit, at that dude and start questioning Are you supposed it. to inherit your own planet or something? You're, when you have your celestial wives? Oh, yeah, if you want to get into that, that weird shit. Yeah, <laughs> they think they're in outer space and they came here. Right. Yeah. Apparently, right? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so basically, um, Lars Nielsen and his brother, they're calling for the IRS to strip the Mormon church of their charitable tax 
status, which has not happened, obviously. Um, there was also, upon investigation, a Canadian secret investment fund, similar to the one in America, which was used to invest in companies like Shopify, banks, and energy companies as well. Um, in Canada, the Mormon church has over $1 billion in assets, including six huge ranches, which sprawl over 60,000 acres and are worth around $300 million dollars. Likely, I'm assuming that's in Alberta because that's where, like, the Mormon church seems to be highly concentrated in Canada. Uh And you would find ranches uh, in that part of the country. Um, Yeah, so the church, it claims that most of its money goes to charitable endeavors, but no one, when they look at their books, is seeing this. Mm. So it's highly, highly sus, as the kids would say. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Uh, and then the people in the in the in the investigative piece, they're like, "Well, it's just crazy how the church has like even duped governments and uh, duped its membership." And I was like, "But have they duped governments?" Yeah, I'm pretty sure the government knows. Like, you're telling me that the um, uh, what are they called here? CRA, the Canadian ta- uh, like revenue agency, or like the IRS. Like, they'll audit a small business owner, but they're not catching this. Yeah, I was just, yeah, as you were saying that, I'm thinking, like, I've known people who have been audited by the IRS here. Yeah. But, like, you're not going to audit these people? Exactly. Like, go after yeah. them. This is a lot more money. <laughs> well, or they don't want to go after them for reasons like, you know, maybe funding the space technology projects or, you know, the graphene research that they are doing at, at Skinwalker and, like, all this kind of stuff. Maybe they don't want to stop them from collecting their money. Right. You could hit a different religious, you can hit a different religious uh, religion, different type of religion. Once you hit the Muslims one year, you hit the Catholics another year, you'd get enough (laughs) money out of them to where you can leave the citizens (laughs) alone. I'm sure (laughs) if you're just to check every other one, every few years, I'm sure you'll find discrepancies where you can rack in some money and you can leave us alone. (laughs) Totally. And just to compare, like uh, most churches uh, apparently run off of like a one to seven million dollar budget per year. So like there's no need for like this billions and billions, you know, uh, it's very interesting. And it does seem to be like a worldwide problem. So like even people I just was reading some of the comments under the video on YouTube, even one girl was saying like her husband's family is from like El Salvador and the Mormon church there owns like a massive property, like one of the best pieces of real estate there. It's like along the coast. It's beautiful. And it has like high walls. It's very secretive. She's like, no one knows what they do there. It's not like they're doing community outreach or events. It just seems to be like a piece of holding, mm. you know, like they don't actually do any good with it other than who the heck that knows. Shit me out. Right. Because, like, Super not to sound, like, doomsday-ish or, like, really too conspiratorial, but if I and I do highly, highly suggest it, you, you really should watch it yourself. Oh, wait, Handmaid's Tale. Have you? I forgot. Or, I haven't uh, yet. Yeah. Oh, Just but you've seen parts. Yeah. There. yeah. I highly suggest people to watch that because it is very Mormon-esque in a sense. But, like, the thing is, like, even watching it, you'll be like, to me, at first I was thinking, it's like, well, how did you even, like... You have an army, you have all these tanks, you have all these weapons. It's like, how does that, like, how do you even acquire that? And then I'm, like, thinking about, like, money even with, you know, the Mormon church. And I'm like, well, 
with the amount of money that they have, I could see how that ship's attainable. Totally, right? <laughs> Even in the part one that we did of this, we talked about, like, the little militias, basically, like, the families having to, like, protect themselves. So they've invested in, like, heavy firearms and, like, like with the Mormons in, like, Mexico and stuff. Like, they are doing that. They probably have very much, like, a prepper mentality. Well, Who knows bunkers and whatever else they have right back in the day we covered it on skinwalker ranch i don't know if people you know paid attention or remember but uh yeah back in the day i think they had about 2000 maybe it was a little bit more 2500 um people in their militia and the united states government came down to tell them you got to stop your shit with the polygamy and all that crap they had 6,000 troops, got there, saw how many they had, did not think it was the risk of trying to, you know, do whatever, turned around and went back home. Look at that, eh? So the government has already bowed to them once before. Mm-hmm. Not to sound crazy or conspiratorial, you know, that, that, you know, that out there, but like, honestly, it's already, they've already said, fuck you to yeah. them. And they've already said, well, yeah, you got that one. They've already done it before. Right. That's wild. Yes. Yeah. I yeah, they got surprised. there and they said there's too many of them. Like, you know, this is a whole army. Yeah, well, what are, what are we going to do? Ma- lose, possibly massacre. lose half, half, half the country's army just because of these sexual freaks? So well, they just turned or, around. <laughs> or massacre 6,000 civilians. And how does that look on the government that, then yeah. too, right? Yeah. If they say that the, the actual army had like heavier artillery or something. Like, how does that look? Whatever the outcome, it's not going to be good. So, yeah, let's just go home. Yeah. They thought they were going to walk in and just, you know, surround them and be like, you got to stop your shit. And they bow. And they were like, oh, wow. They got a lot of people. Yeah. They're not going (laughs) to stop at nothing. That's what I think, you know. I don't know. My mind goes more to, like, that the government knows and doesn't care and that they actually probably work with them somehow. Also, not to sound too conspiratorial, but... That's what I would assume. Listen, just like wrestling and just like politics, you need the bad guy to keep it interesting. Totally. You know, if you, if you don't <laughs> if you don't have the bad guy, it's not as fun, you know, and it's so much easier to pin it off on the bad guy for why things happen. It is. Well, yeah. and then I I'd, I'd argue too, you know, that's why we don't hear about it that much in like major media outlets. Because maybe it's just meant to be kept a little bit hush-hush, like all this scandal. And then be like, oh my God, where did this all happen? How did this, you know? Right. Like, why wouldn't the IRS investigate this? Unless they don't want to. Mm. Right? That's what I would do. That would be my hypothesis. (laughs) Yeah, that's my conclusion. (laughs) Nice. Is that all you had? Yeah, that's all I got to talk about today. That's good, though. Wrap that up in like, yeah, I figured about an hour and a half. That was a solid episode. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. So, yeah, so, I mean, in those last two episodes, I think uh, we have showed that there's something fishy going on with, uh, you know, sex scandals with uh, with these people and this organization and uh, some funny money going around. Funny money. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. So, <laughs> uh, got some, like they're playing that. around with Monopoly money over here. So funny they're, money. They're doing something with money. Um, I mean, that's even, <laughs> see, now that's even... Things like people have to remember Joseph Smith was a Mason. But that, that's even things that we have seen amongst even orders of Masonry. How, like, the inner orders, some will be broke, and then ones that, like, the order of, you know, the loyal order of the Moose Lodge. Most people are like, what the fuck is, what is that? Like, they didn't even know they exist. Right. 
But they had the most money in their fucking accounts out of all the orders that we have covered. And like That's one of my wild. one of my boys who was a Mason, oh, Mark, who was a Mason, uh, he said that believe it or not, the Moose Lodge and the Elk Lodge has the most members in the Masons because they have alcohol at their lodges. So if you're a Mason, you'll become a member there so you can go there and hang out, play pool, they have a bar. <laughs> you know, so like it actually uh you know, they just become members because of the the bar and the whatever. Funny. But like he's, but they were fucking billions of dollars. But then you'd go to the <gasps> Shriners and they got like a couple of hundred, like million or a couple of million. But it's like the loyal order of the Moose has billion. Like you know, the Shriners, like people don't even realize half the time that the Shriners are actually Masons. But when people think of the Shriners and don't know they're Masons, they're like, oh, isn't it like those rich guys who ride the small cars? Like people already associate them with being rich. The, right. the, the lawyer, why do they have less money than who the fuck's the loyal of the moose? That's you know wild. Saying? Who John yeah. Wayne Gacy was a part of. <laughs> yeah, so. Well, that's crazy. Yeah, just very yeah. weird, like how you, like even we've seen how like some orders are broke, but other ones are more like by far rich. Are you flipping money around within the order from one order to the next? So it's, you know, kind of playing with taxes. Mm-hmm. You know, so I just wonder what that, and I think that's what was going on with there. I, I think that probably it's money laundering or something. For sure. Yeah. I wonder if there's a connection, like how many uh, Mormons are also Masons officially. I'd be curious to know that. I also have to say, too, like not to get to like where I was going with Handmaid's Tale, but it probably would be easier, I would think, to take down the people in your country because they have less guns. So maybe oh, sure. you might need to send more money to the United States. Maybe. Yes. Oh, that's a good theory. Oh, man. Yeah, because here, what are they going to do with it? Now we can't. Um, there's even new firearm laws here where, like, people can no longer buy firearms. Period. Yeah. I know. Only the criminals will this have is, this, is, this is why I'm going on. Yeah, this is all these little things. So they got to funnel it down said. that way just to shore uh, up, you that know? To, that this sound crazy, but you never know. Mm -hmm. I don't think that sounds very crazy at all. <laughs> That's just my commentary and all this stuff that we just covered. Just yeah, case. absolutely. Um, thank you so much uh, doing all that, Teresa. That was a, yeah, was a great you. series. And like I had mentioned before in the beginning, um, we're going to be covering more stuff together, start covering more topics instead of just uh, always guests. Even myself, as you can see, I'm starting to uh, put out like even my own shorts. Uh, like, there's plenty of things that uh, I think are interesting to talk about. And um, I can't do that when I'm constantly having guests on. So I'm going to uh, do what I like, do what I enjoy, and start covering a little bit more topics and a little bit more or less guests. Yeah. Hope it works out for the listeners and the, and the people watching. I hope you enjoy it. I hope it's a, you know, an okay change for you. If not, I'm sorry, but I, I like what I'm doing. So, <laughs> so but hopefully, um, hopefully it's uh, everybody likes it. You know, I've already been being told now that people are enjoying the shorts. They think it's a small, digestible, easy way to pick up something. So I'm going to keep going with that anyway. But uh, so hopefully this works out. The little bit of a change that I'm doing with my show. Uh, just trying to get more information out there instead of covering a topic that 10 other shows had the same guest on. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know. So, yeah, and uh, like I said, Teresa will be doing more of that with me. Uh, she's basically my partner in crime with the NY Patriot Show. I got Lux for the Cold Rejects. Uh, I got Teresa for this show now. So, and Plus, hey. it's a good addition, I think. We work well mm -hmm. together, for sure. 
Thank so, you. Thank you again, Teresa, from coming on. Would you like to let everybody know where they could find that amazing podcast of yours? <laughs> yes, our <laughs> other amazing podcast. Yeah, so you can find me uh, and you, but more of me, I guess. <laughs> want to hear yeah. my voice more on the Spiritual Gangsters podcast. So on all the major platforms and YouTube. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. And you can find me on Instagram as well. That's where I'm the most active. I think it's actually the only social media I have. Uh, yeah. So it's just my name at Teresa Dacasar. I really wish you would yeah. join Twitter. Well, actually, I would. Uh, <laughs> Twitter sometimes you know is what? fun because it's a shit show. Like, that's why I enjoy going on there. But I'd have to say, I think recently Instagram seems to be more of a shit show. Yeah, you know, it's just, um, I don't know, I'm very comfortable on that for some reason. I did make a Twitter account once upon a time a long time ago. I don't know, I just never, like, got into it. But maybe I will because of the podcast, so uh, there you go. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so her links will be in the bottom as well. I uh, want to remind people, uh, the Element Server, definitely check it out. Uh, great place. Our stuff drops whenever our episodes drop. There's other shows in there. There's massive amounts of people that just, uh, you know, dropping plenty of stuff. And it's a good little community. Everybody gets along. Everything's chill. I uh, highly suggest to go check that out. It's safer than Discord. The censorship, they're really, I mean, you're basically in our thing. Like, just don't be an asshole to somebody and don't be, like, posting, like, fucked up illegal <laughs> shit. But, right. like, really, there's no censorship and we're trying to kind of keep that going we're not you know we're not trying to rule the people either we're pretty lenient just act like an adult and be cool to everybody else that yeah. that thing is really awesome people should check it out uh something i was thinking of doing uh, maybe once a month i might uh go live and have uh, element you know people from the element server jump on with me and other shows so and do call-ins so if that is sounds like something you might be interested in being able to do join the element server and then when i do these things i will drop the Streamyard link and you could jump on the show and maybe we'll actually try to do topics or something who knows but you know That's i have an idea yeah no i have an idea that i, I want to <laughs> try i just uh just got to make the time for it again i was even thinking if the, that idea works out well it might be a replacement for another show so i'm not stressing myself it's oh well sorry that's what I'm going to do, but um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, I got to see how it goes, but I, I think it could be something that uh, could be really cool and fun, especially like if it was once a month, we could give ourselves a month to cover a topic with a bunch of random people. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, if you want to be able to jump on and just kick it with us or kick it with me, uh, join the element server. And that's something that I should be doing going forward. Uh, letting people from there jump in and just bullshit for an hour, an hour and a half or whatever. Uh, it could be fun. Like I said, we'll see where it goes. So check out the element server. Cause then you'll be able to do that. Just somehow trying to sell this thing to people. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know a lot of people great. don't want to download another I, app, but I wish I was in there more. Cause I, I, I am part of it, but I tend to just not have the time to like check in as much as I want to, but people do drop fire stuff in there. Oh, for sure. For they sure. really do. It's like a, they drop great gems, um, video sharing information. So if you're into this kind of stuff, do join it because you'll find a lot of like-minded people in there. Yes, like I used to say about our Discord server, it's not because of me and Lux, it was because of the members. Yeah, That's exactly, why it's they make up. it awesome. Yeah, so same thing <laughs> with this. It's the members that make it awesome. So yeah, go check it out. The link's in the bottom. Uh, I'm sure people probably are watching this on YouTube already, but if you're listening, 
and didn't know there is a new YouTube. Uh, the uh, What was it? Torn Moore came down. We have Rejects and Friends. The link for that is in the bottom as well. So definitely go check that out. If you want visuals, we have YouTube and I have BitChute and I have Rumble. Rumble I might be ditching, but I'll definitely keep BitChute. Um, so yeah. Again, if this is your first time coming across the show, hit that like and subscribe. Share this because I know you liked it. I know you enjoyed it. So share it. Pass it on. Uh, and you'll definitely like the other stuff that is on this channel. So hit that sub button. And until the next one, everybody be well. Later.